can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak. Hello, hello. Welcome to Open Wide for Some Soccer. My name is Seth Bertelny. Alongside me, Pablo Maurer. Or Pablo Maurer? Not sure how to say it. Uh, Either one is fun. All, all we know is that he is, in fact, digging the Univision Deportes commentary. <laughs> all the way in Washington. Uh, also joined tonight by Tommy Lee Floyd. We just found out that Thomas Floyd's middle name is Lee. I, I feel like I would have told you that at some point, but I guess I didn't. So, yeah, I, I could conceivably go by Tommy Lee if I so chose. Big, big mistake, in my opinion. Thomas, are there any other things that you have in favor with Tommy Lee that you want to tell us about? <laughs> any, any kind of standout features of yours that you share with Tommy Lee? Uh, you know, I feel like me and Tommy Lee Jones have a lot in common. <laughs> what What do you have in common with Tommy Lee Jones? We both like movies. <laughs> I think that's about it. I, I thought you were great at Lincoln, Thomas. Thank uh, you. I should have won the Oscar at Christoph Waltz. Tom, Come on. Th- Thomas was a, uh, he was an extra at Lincoln. I could have been. It filmed around here. Guys, as always, uh... We're, we're, we're pleading with you to call us 347-756-6276 uh, talk about DC United MLS MLS's SAP coverage what does SAP stand for? Spanish, SAP Spanish audio Spanish preference Spanish. and awesome you would think one of us would have Google I don't have Google. anyways uh, we'll talk about whatever well yeah we've, we've we've put together another SAP Supercut, and by we, I mean Pablo. <laughs> we'll get to that a little uh, bit later. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, and also a, a little NYCFC song sheet thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know what else I, to call it. Pablo continues to outdo himself with the uh, creations he right. has provided for our show. Anyways, we're just, just here. Tease it. We're you can just... also tweet at us at OWFSS. You can Skype us at NASN Soccer, Smoke Signals, etc. Yeah, we're just here riding Pablo's coattails. Some big coattails, man. Pretty much. There's room for everybody on these things. <laughs> um, so should we get into DC United first? You mean the, uh, well, the sort of supporter shield leading DC United? They have the best points per game in MLS. Sort of supporter shield leading DC United. I don't think that's an almost thing. Well, if we're being very technical, they're behind other teams on goal differential, but those teams have have played fewer games than them. Very technical, meaning if we're actually interpreting the rules correctly. Right. (laughs) I don't know if the rules, uh, the MLS rules don't really dive into uh, Supporters' Shield standings mid-season. Right. So this sort of Supporters' Shield leading DC United uh, with another impressive victory coming off an impressive victory at Vancouver uh come back home and take care of the previously red hot Columbus crew by a 2-0 scoreline on Saturday I believe Columbus was the highest scoring team in MLS going into the game um Thomas is nodding like that could be true sounds plausible um (laughs) I think that 
it was true going into the game. DC United shut them down. Uh, they get a first half goal from Fabian Spindola, and then they get a goal from Sean Franklin before halftime, and they kind of cruise to victory. Um, thoughts? Uh, what I wanted to bring up with this is kind of the question of whether this was a tipping point victory for DC United because until this game, it felt like United was the team that was overachieving without their highest paid players. They had, you know, no Eddie Johnson, who his Im- his impact can be questioned, but his salary can't. That's a big chunk of your cap space that's not being used. They had no Fabian Spindola for six games. That's your other designated player. They had no Marcus Halsty, their big prized offseason acquisition. No Steve Birnbaum for long stretches. But they were still managing to grind out results. They weren't always the most impressive games. But it felt like this Columbus performance was where everything came together. They just delivered a comprehensive, comfortable victory over a very good team. And with those three points, suddenly, like we said, they have the best points per game in MLS. And team, uh, I feel like the reaction across the league was kind of like, whoa, when did that happen? When did D.C. get that high up the standings? Uh, Thank you to our Twitter follower, by the way, who says SIP stands for Second Audio Program. Um, So typically I do, I'll do whatever work I do for MLSsoccer.com. And then on Monday I'll do a piece for DCist and break it down, you know, the good the bad and then a couple of other sort of items and i i really struggled to come up with something particularly negative to say about united and what i settled on was that they had three or four legitimately good chances in the second half to get the third which would have put the game away completely now when you find yourself talking about that as the worst thing they did during the game clearly it's a pretty comprehensive performance I i thought top to bottom i thought not just Franklin. I thought Corb had a great game. Corb was solid. Yeah, yeah um, they were great through midfield. Uh, you know, as far as it being a tipping point, I mean, I think uh, actually let's uh, go to the phones real quick. See if they think it's a tipping point. Yeah, nine five one. You're on open wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Hi, yeah, man. I want to talk a little bit NYCFC. Let's talk about it. Yeah, man. Uh, I just started watching the league and I decided to join the. You know start following this team and pretty disappointing what I've seen man they haven't been able to finish without that idea and uh I was wondering if once this Lampard's gonna get back to the MLS I mean to the NYCFC I'm just wondering what other striker they can get because I know they have one GP slot available and also I just want to say that mixed distribute is kind of overrated because I haven't really yes I know the players on uh are not the greatest but his performance to me, isn't all what it, I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think with Via and Miskarud, both um, they're suffering a bit. Well, Via obviously has been out of lineup, but when he has played, he suffers a bit from the players around him. And I think the same thing—the Nemich factor. Yeah, Nemich factor <laughs> with Miskarud. With Discarud, it's you know like the Medi Bellucci factor. The you know I think, um, and this was mentioned on the broadcast last night, and. Uh, First of all, I apologize that the first team you chose to support is NYCFC <laughs> in an expansion year because it, it might be a long year for you. I think um, Christ built that team. Uh, I think, you know, Alexi Lawless last night used the phrase meat and potatoes kind of players. And it really is sort of a team right now that is two or three very good to exceptional players and then just a bunch of 
sort of B minus to C plus level right. MLS filler. And the bottom line is, you know, so much has made a parody in this league, but you can't, you just can't win games with you know throwaway players. Right, and the, yeah, the, and they've invested a lot in Via Lampard and Discrude, and Via's been hurt. And Lampard's been in Manchester sitting on the bench. And Discroot's even had some injuries and missed a game with national team duty. So, yeah, we we haven't, you know, I feel like we've only had one or two, like, games where we even see glimpses of the NYCFC that Christ actually imagined. And we're probably not going to see that team until the summer, until the players jail, until Lampard arrives, until whatever other high-profile signing they have in the cards. I think, I mean, this this might sound obvious, but I think Lampard really makes that team a lot better. Uh, especially if Via can stay healthy. I mean, he's a guy that thrives on decent service, you know, and certainly there's a lack of that. I think you see in the way he played last night, you know, he's trying the sort of stuff that you don't see, that historically you haven't seen Via do. He doesn't score many goals from 24 yards out. Last night, he's getting getting the ball outside of the box, you know, turning, snapping, and firing shots at goal, and that's just those aren't the kinds of goals he's scored in his career, you know. Right. He was. I understand because I used to always follow Villa because he played for my other team, which is Barcelona, and you know I follow them, you know, religiously. And uh, I've noticed that I just hope what happened to Thierry Henry, how they fit him as a withdrawn forward when his his uh, position was. uh, you know, was uh, different from what he said in New York Red Bulls. And I just hope the same effect doesn't happen with David Villa where they play him as a witch round four. I hope they do keep him as a forward. And I just I just hope and what my team plays at, at least similar to the Tiki Taka style because that's how Villa plays. That's how they always play because they're used to that style. Even think, when he was with Atletico Madrid. You know, I think, uh, and, I think um, – those are good observations. I do think there are a couple things that are going to keep them. First of all, the, the field they play on uh, is not conducive to sort of like death by a thousand passes type soccer. There's not a lot of room there. It's conducive know. to pinball soccer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Lots um, of long throwing goals. I, I do say, um, I, I will say, I mean, I think the team will get better as the year gets along, you know, goes along. So certainly stick with it. But, but yeah, I feel for you. Uh, they, they looked pretty <laughs> bad last night. So I don't know. Just, just one more thing, guys. Sure. Because uh, I'm from over here in California. I, I, I can't stand the Galaxy. I, can't, I really can't stand them. Uh, what about LAFC, you man? <laughs> oh, what did you say? I said, what about LAFC? <laughs> Ah, shining bone for that team. Either. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but who do you guys think that they will be? Uh, they will go for because with the money that the, you know the Qataris have or whoever backs it, they're able to get a, a pretty good DP. Who do you guys think that will be able to uh, acquire? Yeah, they mentioned last night on the broadcast. Uh, Grant Wall mentioned that they're absolutely going to sign a third DP, and it might be either a big name, and he mentioned Drogba as one of them. Yeah. Um, or, you know, an up-and-comer. Um, you know, there's obviously no way to tell. Let's just do this. Who do you think would be – who do you think addresses their problems the best right now? Uh, Lionel Messi. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, positionally, they could actually use a center back. I don't know if, uh, like, Thiago Silva is available. Mm. No. <laughs> uh, no. But, I mean, if they could, if they could get a, a sturdy center back, someone who's maybe, you know – on the the downside of their career, but still has some good years left in them. That I think that's their biggest position of need right now. Yeah, uh, it's tough to say, man. But uh, we do appreciate the call, obviously. 
All right, thanks, Chris. All right, take care. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to NYCFC a little bit later in the show. Yeah, more importantly, we need to address their chance. Yeah, you know what? Can we just do that right now? I uh, there was a, a very very long, uh, very hilarious Reddit thread today on on the uh, MLS subreddit. Somebody got their hands, I guess, on a a uh, NYCFC chant sheet, and you know, <laughs> some of them were just really 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 bad. Well, I, I think the thing that, that's been pointed out by a number of people with regards to the song sheet isn't necessarily that they have a song sheet, although that's going to look worse for NYCFC than other teams because they sort of have an authenticity issue to begin with. Uh, but it was just sort of the content of some of these chants. Um, Pablo... I don't know why has, I did this. I just, you know, because the, the chants sound a little hollow, I decided just to have my computer read them. Because you know, we could sit here and read them all day long, but I think that it's it's a better dramatization when it's done by this uh, MacBook Pro. So let's just take a listen. N Y C clap clap clap. N Y C clap clap clap. N Y C clap clap clap. Toku. Toku, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he come for you? Toku, Toku, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he come for you? I, I, wanna just carry all night and party every day. I, I, wanna just carry all night and party every day. That's discarude. <laughs> You might have some history, but we don't give a crud. Your team will always be a joke until they have a cup open parenthesis. Shall the opposing team name here? Close parenthesis. Win or lose, we will always follow you. Let it rain, let it pour, we will sing forevermore. Our opponents know we will fight from toe to toe. Forever blue and white, we will win this game tonight. NYC, oh, oh, oh. That's, that's a lay. NYC, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> NYC, oh, oh, oh. NYC, oh, oh, oh. NYC, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> NYC, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, can, I can just see this sequence being directed by Stanley Kubrick, <laughs> and the camera is rotating 360 degrees exactly. through the supporters. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. God. I don't know what else there is to say about that. I'm sorry, David. I just can't get you the ball right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, David. Um, yeah, you know what? The, all in all, the chants aren't that bad. There is there's a, there's a team whose chants are so much worse than, and, than that, and it's the Chicago Fire. Uh, Thomas is going to tweet out a link or a screenshot right now of the chant sheet that is on their official website. I think this might be a joke. It's not, though. I hope though. that it's a joke. I, it is, it's, it, it's not even MLS 1.0. It's like MLS 0.5. You know, um, yeah, I, I, my theory is that someone posted it on the Chicago Fire's website in like 1997. Exactly. It's just and been, it's on just there. been on there. It's, it's like assuming that their fans have the intelligence level of, I mean, I wouldn't even say a low-level primate, but maybe uh, like a reptilian organism or something like that, uh, basically telling them how to make noise with their mouths. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever heard a uh, fire game on TV, you know that their 
chants are prim- primarily this. Fire, fire, <laughs> fire. They do have some um they do have some other options available on this on this website. Um actually let's go back to the phones here. Four one four and you're open you're on open wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Uh yes, I just wanna talk about uh C L T. Let's do it. Oh, um uh I thought that was a pretty good performance by uh Montreal and two legged affair. And I thought that Club America was ripe for the taking because they've been on Checo and Hyde all season long. And uh, that I think that people, some MLS fans look at uh, this tournament with rose-colored glasses on and with the future of uh, of this league. Taylor Twelman showed us the money disparity between the Mexican club teams and MLS, but he forgot to show us the money disparity between the uh, Central American teams. There was two Central American teams that bested uh, MLS teams in this opposition uh, uh, in the group stage, and that, uh, in my personal opinion, MLS does everything they can for their teams to get to where they gotta get. Where Liga MX teams really don't do anything out of the norm. I can only imagine what that game would have been like at Aztec at five o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, we we actually haven't talked about the CCL final. Montreal obliterated by a second half Club America barrage of goals. Yeah, um, it, it is. It is sort of. I'm going to use the word gross when you see the post game and day after coverage of that loss, uh, and it, it is very rose colored, sort of avoiding the refusing to acknowledge the fact that Montreal were perhaps done in by a lot of the you know a lot of the same issues that D, that do in MLS teams in this tournament historically um well i would I, I don't know if i see any of that the Montreal sh- impact in their MLS games yeah i don't know if i see any of that changing you know i mean obviously if you look at you're talking about the Twelman's numbers if you look at you know the numbers that he used for like a big time um you know the, the 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 most striking one to me was the the comparison between a like a top level Liga MX side and then a big name MLS side where you know the minimum salary for the the Liga MX team was like one hundred sixty thousand dollars and the I think it was the Sounders that he racked him up next to you had three or four players making millions and then it very there was a very quick drop off and I, I just don't know if it's ever really going to change I think it'll change but it's it's going to be a long process. Right, it's going to be a long time from now. Some of these uh, MLS guys, uh, uh, I think, are uh, they're maybe smart, but they're dumb. Uh, when you go out here and say, well, the average attendance per league of MX is this, and the average attendance per league of uh, MLS is, they're not that far off. Yeah, but if you compare that dollars-wise, the average uh, game is $5. So if you're talking about just catching up on attendance, we would be, blown, we would be already outspending them. Now, the biggest difference is the television money, and we all know this, and the Chivas America game a couple weeks ago drew over 3 million viewers. Uh, that same weekend, we had New York versus L.A. and uh, Seattle versus Portland, and both those games drew under a half a million viewers. When is this money going to come? Chivas' television deal alone is worth $60 million here in the United States alone, and with the talk about Carlos Flynn buying Chivas, one of the richest men in the world. 
with deep pockets. You think he's just going to let some MLS team outspend him? Yeah, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on, but I, I mean, I think that a lot of the issues that you brought up are not new, and they're pretty much what we know about where the money comes from, which is that it comes from television. And, and you know, MLS has always kind of had this uh, issue with TV ratings be, being the last thing that needs to follow and the biggest domino that needs to fall. But, I, I mean, it's hard to compare ratings to, in Mexico to MLS just simply because it's such an ingrained, established part of the Mexican culture the, in a way that it just isn't even close to here. Guys, so let's go back to the phones. 973 are no for some soccer. How can we help you? Hello, What's 973. That? There you are. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I'm the guy who uh, who took a photo of the NYCFC song sheet and posted it. Oh, nice. Excellent. <laughs> um, uh, what are your, are you an NYCFC fan or are you not an NYCFC no, fan? No, 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 no. This is actually a very, very long story. Um, this is not a long story, but I'm a Red Bull fan. I bought a season ticket because my friend lives in New York and he wanted to be he wanted somebody to go with and I said okay fine I'll pay the $300 and I went I go I make the trip from New Jersey to the Bronx um, every other week just to go with him because I want to hang out with my friend and I was looking at the song sheet and it was just so ridiculous and I was and I was like all right fine I got to take a picture of this and I posted it, and I was showing it to all my friends in Europe, and they were all going nuts over it because it was just so ridiculous and it was so childish. I think with NYC, I was kind of, I, I have no idea how it blew up like this. Well, I mean, it blew. It's it's pretty obvious why. I think anything that NYCFC does is going to be looked at under a microscope. And I actually think if if you know, I don't know, the Columbus Crew if that was their song sheet. It doesn't. The thing is with NYCFC that whatever you look at is already being looked at through this lens of sort of the corporate, you know, sellout kind of team mentality. So, you know, it's oh, the same same thing that happened there, when there they. There are other things involved with it. it. It's the same thing that happened. There's when, another song sheet, by the way. There is another one. You should That's another song sheet. Whoa, should, whoa, whoa, whoa. Such a tease. Yeah, you yeah. should you should tweet it at us. We'll 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 put it out right now. Um, well, yeah. Um, look at. Um, there's an orange one on top of the white one that you guys saw. The only reason why the white one got such um, publicity is because the guy that I gave it to posted it and just forgot the other sheet. And the, the orange sheet is just as bad, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. We appreciate the call. We're going to open our lines up. But, uh, but thank you for doing that public service. Um, where were we at? just now well i think if you go back like three callers i think we were still in the middle of a little bit of dc united discussion before we move on to sap related matters yeah let's uh let's go back to that let's talk about let's talk about fabiana spindola and chris rolf and their partnership i i i said this a couple weeks ago i'm the opinion that rolf right now is the most important player to this team uh my opinion may have been swayed a little bit on saturday but i i think it's it'd be hard to live without either of those players right now yeah it's the understanding be- between them is it's easy to see and it's funny uh does dc united have quatamac blanco to thank for their success i'll get i'll explain oh rolf yeah, has yeah, said yeah. that he one of the reasons he is so comfortable playing with fabi is that he has a very similar style of play as quatamac blanco had when 
Rolf and the Mexican legend partnered together up top for the mid-2000 Chicago Fire. Let's hop back to the phones real quick. 914, you're on Open Wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Hey, did you guys talk about Kristen Nicht getting uh, cut <laughs> after one game? <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet. Is Okay, so everybody knew that was going to happen, right? But that's still, like, the grossest thing in history, My, okay. Like, just to watch it happen, it's still... Well, I mean, if you're taking him from a lower division team, like, yeah, whatever. But the thing that's weird about it is that Montreal's press release just acted like nothing was going on here. They're like, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he wasn't going to get regular playing time. He was going to be our third string keeper. It's, it's decided, embarrassing. We decided to let him go so he could pursue other opportunities. Yeah, like, but I'm confused. Does, like, so we were talking about this on the way over here. Does he not go back to Indy 11? I think now? he, I think he sure obviously he goes back. I'm surprised well, uh, that it wasn't like, why didn't the impact just be straight up with everyone and say like, yeah, we had a deal. Like, we sent like uh, like a Chipotle gift card to Indy Eleven <laughs> in exchange for one game of Christian Nick. Uh, Is that the glory? Uh, <laughs> and now and now we're you know releasing him so he can resign with. I them. don't know if Nick's performance was even worth a Chipotle gift card. Yeah, yeah maybe like great. Baja Fresh or something like that. Do <laughs> um, you have any thoughts on uh, on Christian Nick's one game Montreal Impact stint? Uh, I maybe they just like Germans up there in uh, Quebec. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? All right. Um, no, I mean he, he was very good, but uh, honestly, just real quick too, and you'll figure out who this is calling if you haven't. It's Dan Carell. It's Dan. It's Dan Carell. We, we know. It's Dan Carell. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Dan Carell. Ba, 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 ba. Oh yeah. Pablo, I know you love your Israel update, and uh, apparently, I don't know if this is really going to happen, but the biggest soccer team in Israel, Maccabi Tel Aviv, announced at like this end-of-season gala event, something along those lines, last week, that they're coming over to New York for like their preseason training oh, camp man. next uh-huh. summer, and they said, we're going to play the Cosmos, we're going to play the Red Bulls, and we're going to play NYCFC. Are you kidding me? Like, no room in the schedule for any of these games, and I don't see this happening. They said that this was going to happen, <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> I love it. The, uni- the, the That was like the last step in the MLS Summer Friendly absurdity scale is having the <laughs> unilateral friendly declaration. Like, we're coming. This is who we're playing. I wonder if they realize Figure they have to out. let those teams know, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we're just going to play them. Oh, well, really? <laughs> well, apparently uh, teams are ready to just play back-to-backs when they come over for these tours. So maybe they'll just play those three games. Maybe they'll just do a triple header one day. Man City is playing two games in a row, like three days after their EPL season ends. And, like, thousands of miles away from each other. It's incredible. Dan, uh, we appreciate the call, man. Uh, take care, and uh, may all your your Israeli soccer league dreams come true. It doesn't sound it doesn't <laughs> sound God. plausible. Maybe the Cosmos part of that is plausible, but uh, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Um, well, needless to say, if that does happen, we need to uh, break out break out the open wide for some soccer piggy bank and send Dan Carell there to be our exclusive <laughs> correspondent. You never know where you're going to get with Dan Carell. Look- you're either going to get Israeli soccer league news or like local Indiana school board, you know, updates. I think the best case scenario for this tour is they're going to get the Cosmos, they're going to play Red Bulls 2, and they're going to play like the NYCFC reserves. <laughs> that, like that would be best case scenario for them to make that happen. Um, uh, anyways, let's let's bump back to uh, yeah. Rolf and a Yeah, it's uh, 
It's funny. They played, I think, a, maybe a little different shape than I've seen in the past when they partner up top. Uh, um, Rolf played a little deeper. It was a Spindola was a little more on an island up higher in this game. And I, I think that part that partially had to do with Columbus's formation to kind of to match Columbus's four two three one with their own version of it to kind of help deal with Iguain and having that extra body in midfield. But it's uh, it just they're two intelligent players and Rolf in particular he knows how to make it work with whoever he gets partnered up top with. He reads the situations well, makes the right decisions on the ball. Just he's probably in terms of pure soccer IQ, I, there's no one on DC United who's better. Yeah, I mean Rolf is Rolf is probably their best holding player and maybe one of their best one of their most creative players. I yeah. mean Seems um, like he one does of their everything best finishers. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's one of their fastest players, one of their fittest players. You like, know. if he can stay, it's hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the year. It's yeah, you could you could see the difference that Rolf makes just on on a Spindola's goal because I think a lot of players would have released that pass a little bit earlier, and a Spindola wouldn't have been as clear in as he was. But he just waited for the exact perfect time, completely composed on the ball, and and when he released it. He sent a spindle in on a complete one-on-one yeah. with lots of room. I mean, it took it took eight and a half seconds from when Rolf got the ball at the top of the eighteen on off a corner kick for him, for that entire play to happen till, till the ball was in the back. Of the also, net. I mean, Rolf ate up. 55 yards probably on a run in a matter of seconds. Also, a Spindola with the 100-yard run. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't think of this because, you know, they're they're pro soccer players and you just take it for granted. But a lot of times when players make runs like that, the finish is off the mark because you're just so gassed at the end of the run that you, you know, you just kind of put your foot through it and maybe you blow it over or hit it right at the keeper. That's the way I feel when I go up a flight of stairs. Right. (laughs) Spindola just showed a lot of poise in class to just slot that home. So, it, he, I mean, having a Spindola back, you know, this is United at its best. They're playing the same style, more or less, that they played in his absence, they, you know, kind of grinding out results. But now they have that, that difference maker who can just kind of make things happen and they can kind of get these goals that really are out of nothing. I mean, one was a counterattack and one was a set piece there. These weren't beautiful buildups that resulted in, you know, United gang on the score sheet, but you know, they did what they needed to do and, and then took th- care of things defensively. A couple of quick shout outs on Twitter. Tyler Trent tweets, uh, open wide for some soccer podcast, hot take. OWFSS, greatest of them all, 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 all. <laughs> Appreciate that. I mean, is us being the greatest podcast of them all really that uh, hot, really that hot of a take? Ben Smith writes to us from his bathtub. Um, it's a please, interesting amount of detail. Please be careful. Ben. There's a there's a picture involved. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> with uh, some bubbles. So uh, let's talk about another big piece of United news that came out. This uh, was a Friday news dump kind of thing. Uh, Bill Hamid. Uh, signs what the what the club described as a multi-year contract extension. Certainly, yeah. not hard to see why this happened from both sides. Hamid gets a sizable raise. DC United sews him up for a couple of years, guarantees a transfer fee. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. I, you know, uh, if you're a United fan, I think it's easy to jump to the conclusion that's all right. We got our homegrown player. He's going to stick around. Maybe even through the you know opening of the new stadium, we've got a few more years of Bill. You know, uh, I think, you know, that could ultimately happen. I I think the more likely scenario is Hamid assures 
that his hometown club that he cares about and that he's invested in, that if he leaves, that it's not for nothing, that this club gets compensated. And then he also gets a sizable raise until this seemingly inevitable European move happens. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who, for my money, was the most underplayed player in MLS. Most underpaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he was on 90000 or something like that, you know. I which, think, is, which is criminal. You know, I, I, mean. I think last year when David Villa was paid $40,000, that was probably <laughs> – but that's just my opinion. <laughs> no. um, yeah, it's – I mean, that's that's a big get for United because we were discussing this. Would United use their free DP slot to keep Bill? It looks and, like they didn't have to. Yeah, there, no mention of a DP deal. I, um, actually, Steve Goff reporting that's a $350,000 a year deal, so – pretty close to the max without being a dp but still it's i mean he's worth the money i think that's for sure i I, and within united locker room and i think certainly uh the coaching staff they consider bill to be this team's most valuable player so there really was uh i I think they a dp deal would have been worth it to get him for less than that is you know even though he's eating up a lot more of the cap than he was before to secure his future with the club and to potentially lock down that transfer fee it's big for dc all right so last last kind of talking point here with dc so floyd you and i were at the postgate press conference after the crew match and uh goff asked a question you know you guys the team is obviously off to its best start in club history and he you know uh, the long and short of it was he said you know why do you think that is is it you know chemistry that's something or other thing and ben olsen gave a two sentence answer which is oh we're lucky i mean don't you read everything that people write about us they say we're lucky so first of all is that true second of all how does this work i mean why why did people think that that this would fall apart for them this year and why has it succeeded uh the first question uh i don't know about you i actually i i haven't seen too many people certainly calling them out as being lucky i'm sure someone out there has said that but in terms of mainstream media it might be a case of you know teams are always looking for bulletin board material so they maybe track down someone who thought they'd underachieve or i think i think lucky is not the correct criticism i think if anything they should say that people are criticizing them for kind of grinding out ugly results. Right. Which, I mean, I guess you could, maybe it's implied that that's kind of lucky that you're getting these wins in games where you're maybe outplayed. But, you know, it, you know, it's kind of semantics at this point. In terms of why the expectations were perhaps lower, because this was the first place team in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, based on that, you know, they're living up to expectations. They're where they were, you know, just six months ago when the last MLS season ended. But it seems surprising because uh, it seems like the other contenders in the Eastern Conference, they all made big moves to get substantially better. Uh, you know, Toronto FC brought in Javinko and Altador and Perkis and Giroux. Uh, New England picked up Juan Agudelo, who was uh, Columbus added Kai Kamara. Those two teams, like a consistent goal-scoring forward, were their biggest needs, and they filled them. You know, the 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 other teams in the East really made big improvements. Well, DC was fairly static. They didn't have any big losses necessarily. They lost a few role players, and obviously Eddie Johnson's been sidelined. Uh, but you know, they the, 
the core starting 11 from last season is intact uh and they only made one kind of like under the radar signing with uh Halsty that really was anything substantial and he hasn't even played so i can see why maybe if you're following the eastern conference you thought dc might drop down a few pegs should we move on to sap we should yeah yeah um, um so Last week, we introduced the SAP Supercut. We're going to try and make this a weekly feature. No promises, Just though. Well, we can continue to expect to be provided ample material on Friday nights. Uh, I so keep waiting for the game where they, they realize it, and suddenly there's nothing. And uh, you notice in the second game, there was, I think the feed went out, but it didn't even sound like that. So there, basi- there was basically like three or four minutes where they were just saying one thing every couple of minutes. And I was like, "Oh God, they're on to us!" <laughs> or like, they're just like, "Look, it's better just not to say anything." Like, you know, <laughs> they just they just put the same stuff on a loop, pretty much. It, it was just you know, be like uh, FC Dallas, like uh, Moses Hernandez plays the Baltimore Diaz, <laughs> and then like a minute of silence, and then like, <laughs> and there's Hernandez again, <laughs> you know. So, um, and and I'll upload this to the site. Uh, it's it's on SoundCloud. I'm gonna tweet the link out here in a second, but. Let's just go ahead and and, uh, and uh, listen to this week's MLS SAP Supercut. A couple of highlights, first of all. Now, last week you'll remember that Paul Caljuri um, called Sean Maloney like the greatest player the league's ever seen. Uh, this year he's uh, or this week, this week yeah. he, he uh, who was it that he? Well, just we'll, we'll just play it yeah, and then we'll yeah. we'll unpack everything afterwards. Well, so let's just take a listen to this week's MLS SAP Supercut. So this rivalry, not only because it's an in-state rivalry between two huge metro areas in Dallas, it is now a rivalry in Major League Soccer where they are battling and contesting for the same conference, and that is the Western Conference. Giles Barnes. Javon Watson. Giles Barnes. Giles Barnes. Well, Giles Barnes. Of the shot from Giles Barnes. Couldn't agree with you more, Paul. Well played. Beautifully placed, Paul. The great wall of China wouldn't have stopped that. Skiles Barnes on the one-on-one cheeky play by the Englishman taking on Moses Hernandez. <laughs> but really, Sana Nayasi is the player I think needs to be contained. If Real Salt Lake wants to have success, they need to contain Sana Nayasi. No. Sabarillo, Morales, Gill, Garcia, all these offensive-minded players along with the hard, strong runs from Moholan will be very dangerous to contain for San Jose Earthquakes. And this corner kicks are no exception. These guys are going aggressive to the ball and attacking it, trying to tie up the score where they feel they adjustably are down 1-0. On a quick turn finish. By Wondolowski. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that that is a situation where Sandoval has to throw his partner a lifeline. He sees him drowning out there and just watches him die. <laughs> it just it's it's so bad. Uh, so to recap, um, Calajuri said that Houston and Dallas are both major major metropolitan areas in Dallas. And they're in a new conference. To be fair, he's not a geography commentator. (laughs) Yeah, that Niasi is the key to... You you would think Sana Niasi was like freaking Sean Maloney based on how... How much praise Kawajiri gave him. Yeah, this is a a weird trend that I would like to see if it continues. He he picks one 
mediocre player on the <laughs> on a team and build him up as though he's Lionel Messi. If you're gonna stop DC United, you gotta stop Chris Corb coming down the left flank. <laughs> you know, he I, is I, the key I, I to I everything the, they do. I lopped off the first part of that clip, but what he said was everybody's talking about Chris Wondolowski, but for my money, you know, and then he went on talking about. Granted, Nancy. this is San Jose, so. Right. I, they I mean, still have Innocent. They still have uh, Matias Perez Garcia. They still have a lot of players who I would put over Sana Niasi. Yeah. That's uh, correct. What, uh, el- what else was in there? Um, one that wasn't in there was... Oh, he, said this is my favorite one. Well, uh, he referred to the the Derby, or the Derby of the Texas Derby. <laughs> and he also referred to Houston Stadium as BBA Compass Stadium. I couldn't find and in the RSL game when RSL made a late game sub and uh, Ramsey <laughs> Sandoval said, so what do they do now, Paul? Did they go to two lone strikers? <laughs> it's like, two lone strikers sounds like a bad cover band. You know what I mean? Like they use that sort of, you know, you know like I the think, Lone think, Rangers or something. I think we, we have to point out. What are the Lone Rangers from? The what was lo- it? Was the it the band on Airheads? No. No idea. Trevor, any idea? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Anyways, forget it. Just no, keep going. I, I think we have to point out with Giles Barnes and Javon Watson. We also, uh, in the RSL game, it was Luis Gil yeah, throughout which, the entire match. Yeah, it's not that's not the worst, but... It is airheads. All right, sorry. Yeah, I mean, okay, the, 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 there's many different aspects to not being good at announcing... But the one thing that you should always be able to accomplish correctly is pronouncing the players' names. It's not that difficult. You go through the team sheet before the game and you say, which players' names don't I know how to pronounce? And I've seen this in press boxes, and I'm sure you guys have too, where announcers come in and they find a representative for the team and they ask them how to pronounce the name in question. And the fact that they continue to get so many names so badly wrong is is just mind-boggling i i have an aside me and pablo had an interaction with columbus crew's uh pr guy and he informed us that uh columbus's backup <laughs> left back hold on hold on who's who's their backup left back yeah who is chris well, i i know that it's now chris cludy yeah and How'd you know appara- apparently now? always was but never he never he, said he never corrected it <laughs> oh you told him all right all right um i was sort of blown away by that yeah we were that was mind-boggling we uh, but the, I, I was commiserating with him about the fact that neither of us had internet and right. uh, he shared that detail so. um <laughs> uh but back to sap yeah to the build off what seth was saying i there are aspects of the commentary that i can I can let go as being silly but harmless, like the green rectangle and bullet and a lot of the other stupid <laughs> the gr- things. The Great Wall of China wouldn't have stopped that <laughs> um, shot. But Great Wall of China, which is thousands of miles long, I believe, right? <laughs> but when you, are, when you are... Easily cover the Yankee Stadium <laughs> field with. You know. But when you are just mispronouncing... Like thirty to forty percent of the names was, of like you know, well-known MLS players, he, and he mispronounced Calgary mispronounced Will Bruin's name. He, he mispronounced Bobby Boswell's name. Ryan well, Boswell. That was a different right. category. Wait, what did he say for Will Bruin? <laughs> he just kept calling him Bruin. Bruin. <laughs> it's, it's Bruin. It's like it's it's like a word even. It actually it means a, it actually means a thing. Yeah. I can, I, I hope Paul Calgary calls the game between. Uh, the Stanford Cardinal and the UCLA Bruins on uh, <laughs> <laughs> this season, um, but uh, yeah, but when you're mispronouncing all the names, including a lot of players that have been in the league, like 
Giles Barnes is not new to MLS. He's also probably and, Houston's best player. Yeah, <laughs> and the, when you think that Sananiasi is a big star, it, it just it makes it so incredibly obvious that these two commentators just don't follow MLS. And that's just disappointing that, you know, of all the people out there who could get the, get the gig, you know, they, they don't bother even in, in, informing themselves about the league they're covering for a national broadcast. I will say this. It is entertaining. It is rather entertaining. And I think we, we've been discussing this, like, how, how long... We, we will be devastated. Devastated when this goes away. Yeah, how long we can reasonably expect to continue to be entertained like this on on Friday nights? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, okay, I was wondering if uh, yeah, confirmed. Paul Kawajuri actually played for the UCLA Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So that that makes that mispronunciation uh, even more fantastic. That is an incredible factoid. And Will Bruin's last name and the UCLA Bruin is spelled the same. Exactly way. the same. I also could have gone with any number of Jar Marufos, but I just it, it, there comes a point when you just sort of give up. You know. <laughs> that is incredible. Okay. All right, what else we got? What else do we have? Um, do we want to talk just in general? By MLS? the way, feel feel free again. Call us three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to touch on something that I was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, at this early stage of the season, even in a league like MLS, which is well known for its parity, it, it does seem like there are a number of very very good teams that are really starting to separate themselves from the pack. Even at this early stage of the season, um, you know. We got DC United, who looks really good. New England, which looks really good. We got Seattle, who looks really good. Dallas looks very good. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver, up until the last couple weeks. Um, but these are teams that are are really looking like superior to all the other teams. Let me know if I forgot one of. Well, one especially of them. like look at Seattle against NYCFC in the later stages of that game. You had. Obafemi, Mar- Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey literally just trying shit. You know, I think yeah, the Dempsey back heel yeah. on the Martins goal, man, that's outrageous a thing of beauty. All right, let's uh, uh, let's go to the phones real quick. Six one zero, you're on open line for some soccer. Can we help you? Hey guys, how's it going? Good, man. Oh, oh, I was just wondering. It seems to me, I'd like to preface this by saying I'm a Philadelphia Union fan, so okay. I'm all about letdowns. But it seems to me, and I was wondering if you guys comment on this, the biggest letdown has to be Portland. It's just they are in their third to last in the Western Conference, and it seems that they're just not getting it done. Do you guys know what's going on? Do you think they're going to have a change in coach sometime soon? Do you think he's on the hot seat, or could you just kind of fill me in on that a little bit, maybe? I'm actually not that worried about Portland. I I think – drastic things would have to happen for uh caleb porter to be on the hot seat i think they're they're committed to his long-term vision if you actually look at the standings portland is they're tied for the last playoff slot there's a lot of congestion in that western conference they're only seven points off the lead because the entire western conference is encapsulated in an eight-point window which is kind of absurd without diego Valeri. exactly right and i think Portland is they were treading water until they get Diego Valeri and Will Johnson back and then we're going to see the team that you know Caleb Porter envisioned Uh, those are two huge pieces and this is MLS where 
if you have like two big chunks of your salary cap missing for that long, then you know it's it's almost difficult to not just try to tread water and and then make a run once they're back. Floyd, what is let's let's talk about the union momentarily because we actually haven't mentioned oh, them at all this year. Should we get the caller's thoughts uh, first as a <laughs> as a union fan? Yeah, how have you been coping with this year? Well, all I'm going to tell you is as a Philadelphia native and being immersed in the whole sports culture, I am just thrilled that I get to see the Philadelphia Phillies win a World Series. So I can die happy with that. (laughs) But I think really the Philadelphia fan base, this is nothing new to us. We are used to suffering and underperforming and and all of this. And C.J. Spawn just is the icing on the cake. So. Nothing will phase me. They could go out and sell the team. And, and yep, all right, well, it was nice while it lasted. Do they need Ray's Moboli back? Is that something that's <laughs> <laughs> No, we need Zach McMath back. He was, he was underrated. He's been a solid MLS goodkeeper, in my opinion. I, yeah, think, so I think we all. I was baffled by they got, why they got rid of him. And the, and I think the, we all agree with you on that. And the irony of the situation is poor Zach McMath is now sitting on the bench, hasn't played a minute yeah. for Colorado this year. <laughs> I'm I'm confused by that myself. I, I would personally consider Zach McMath to be a superior goalkeeper to Clint Irwin. You'd think at least there'd be some sort of rotation going on there, but so, that's another topic. Yeah. So, anyways, man, we appreciate the call and uh, keep keep hope alive in Philadelphia. No, thank you, thank right, you. Have a good night, guys. Yep. I actually wanted to briefly talk about the union. If this isn't too uh, negative a, t- a topic, no, oh. I'd love to talk about the union. <laughs> he's, he's still there. He's still there. All right. Still there. <laughs> All right. uh, it's. You know, it's at what point do you start considering Curtin being on? Okay, okay, Curtin, my bad. Curtin on the hot seat because I feel like on one hand, like they're just going to end up in this endless cycle because I feel like you know, flashback a year ago and they're in the exact same circumstances they were, except it was just Hackworth was the interim coach, gave him the full time job early in his first season on the full on the full time job. It's you know. Are, it's starting to become apparent that it's, it's not working, and that you know maybe they should move on. And uh, it's uh, it's it's tough. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to to do because I, I feel like it would be too soon to make a move with Curtin. You only got time for a curtain call. <sighs> yeah, it would be it would be a little too soon in my opinion. I don't really. What is he supposed to do? He he doesn't really have anything. Sugarman doesn't give him much support. My biggest question is. Where is Renee Muenstein in this whole thing? He, he's, he's supposed to be the, the end-all, save-all, and he, I haven't heard a word, yeah. word about him. I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot that that happened. <laughs> I totally did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, the thing with uh, – I'll say this is the, the team went with the strategy of, you know, hey, we – just missed the playoffs last year. Let's tweak our roster. And I actually thought I, I liked the moves they made. I like bringing in Vittoria. Arista Guieta seemed to be the the right decision. But I did think they had depth problems. And then also the goalkeeper position just continues to come back to haunt them. It's looking like John McCarthy's not the answer. Uh, Andre Blake better be healthy at 100% soon. Just so many issues. <laughs> just yeah. want to say well, that we drafted a keeper in the first round for him to sit on on the bench yeah so, over uh, over oh, steve birnbaum i just want to i just want to yeah, pick yeah i just want to point out that thomas's girlfriend jess called the john mccarthy situation before any of us even knew who he was jess being the 
diehard Rochester Rhinos fan that she is. Her scattering report was not favorable. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, like, like I said, uh, I, I don't. The, the fans, we will we will rumble, but uh, it's just diehard. I don't know if you guys have ever been to PPL Park, but many, uh, many times. Many have, times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love that. Oh, Seeing the press event, box right behind will, that column. We'll, we'll always be there in full effect, so we'll, we'll, we'll support our team to the hill, but uh, we will get a kick in the screen. And to, to all right, man. Keep uh, keep hope alive, like I said. Uh, all right. See you later. All right. Cheers. It's it's great. Looking at, this, looking at the MLS standings. By the way, uh, real quick, we had a couple callers there that didn't get through. Feel free to call back. Anyways, Thomas. Looking at the MLS standings, this is the beauty of uh, MLS. The Union are one six and three. They are three points out. The <laughs> They're three points out of a playoff spot. That's unbelievable. Um, that is unbelievable. The the game in hand situation does not go in their favor, so that's a little misleading. How but about, still, how it, about this one? Colorado in last place in the West is still in the playoff. One, one, point, <laughs> one point out of a playoff spot. That is unbelievable. But, no, it's funny. The thing is, we we've talked a lot in the past. I feel like mostly in the context of Toronto how we feel there are franchises that just we feel bad that they're that those fan bases aren't getting playoff runs and that you know it, it's it sucks for MLS that some teams aren't successful so in that context I look at you know this everyone makes the playoffs thing and I'm like well eh, it's giving them hope in Philly it's giving them hope in Colorado where otherwise they might already be packing it in for this year another another just random funny MLS thing that I'd like to point out just looking at the standings uh Philadelphia has played 10 games this year Montreal has played four games this year <laughs> they, Un- unbelievable that's insane unbelievable and Philly only has four more points than them yeah <laughs> uh, also, New, New England and D.C. have built a 15-point lead on Montreal atop the Eastern Conference four. already. Montreal has played four games. Yeah. It's May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New England has, like, five games in hand on that. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Montreal has five games in hand on New England. Yeah. I mean, I know... Uh, I know at least you, Pablo, disputed me on this. Like, this is why the rescheduling all of Montreal's games thing is... That is a farce. Uh it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize. Didn't, I, I, I didn't quite realize it was like that right. insane. I mean, I thought they just like moved one game around. Well, I know. think also uh, it, the appearance that it gives of MLS is not a positive one. It's yeah. slightly desperate. Like, we will do anything in our power, even things that we're not even sure would help you, just to give you every possible opportunity to beat Club America. And then Club America has... One of the biggest games of their season, the Derby against Chivas, like four days before, and then they fly up to Montreal and destroy them. And destroy them in the second half, like when you would think that the fresh legs of Montreal would start to wear them down. Yeah, know? I think Mexican right. teams more than more than a lot of other teams globally, when they get that first and that second goal, you just know the shitstorm is coming. Yeah, they just I- do not let. Up. I mean, they were pushing for fifth or sixth or whatever. Well, I you know. I also think it took them about 50 minutes to realize that Nigel Rio Coker was playing right back. <laughs> yes. And then when that happened, uh, shit hit the fan for Montreal. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then nicked. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Toronto FC. I, I know the I know r- resurgent Toronto now FC. We we have to refer to them, of course, as Toronto FC, who Thomas Floyd picked to win the Eastern Conference. But now that's 
not actually sounding so terrible for you they, they, anymore. They still haven't played the home game, and they are right in the middle of the pack. And now they're going to have all these home games in front of the raucous BMO Field crowd. Raucous? Raucous? Is that how you pronounce it? Raucous. 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 Wait, seriously? I was... Have you considered no. doing SAP commentary? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ra- Rochus? Rochus. Thomas Floyd. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Rochus. Uh, no, I'm, I'm aware. I, um. <laughs> you know what? It cracked me up. So, Josie, and I wanted to do the math on this. Josie Altador posts a post-game selfie. It's him, Jovinko, and Michael Bradley. And I wanted to figure out what percentage of the league's salary is in that picture. It's like 90%. <laughs> also, also, Bradley is like cracking this like half smile because like, he doesn't really know how to smile. Right. Right. It, it like, looked- you know, you see like, videos of like um, deaf kids that got a cochlear implant and they're like hearing for the first time. Like, oh, my God. Like looking at that picture is like watching Michael Bradley learn how to smile <laughs> yeah. for the first time. It looks like he's never done it before but has seen other people do it and he's really trying to just kind of copy them without really knowing how. Yeah, he's not a he definitely didn't learn it from his dad. <laughs> um, well, I think we can say we can safely say that Sebastian Giovinco is awesome. Um it, he is so much fun to watch and yeah. he appears to be I think we can all agree money. though that 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 uh, knuckleball Right. Kick well, should not have okay. gone. That was, I mean, first of all, it, it was takes a, it, skill to put the ball there, period. It but, was a great free kick, but he had several other moments during that game yeah. where yeah. he just showed his superior ability. And, uh, and the, when Toronto has all their pieces out there with uh, Bradley and Altidore and Shiru, um and even like a Jonathan Osorio, they play some really attractive soccer. Uh, like they they have some really good combination play, and it's it's fun to watch. All right, let's go to the phones. One more. 702, you're on Open Wide for some soccer. How can we help you? Uh, yeah, hey, I just wanted to share a uh, conversation I had just last night with two, well, one not a soccer hater, but the other one a bona fide soccer hater friend of mine. Sure. And, um, well, it was, uh, it was uh, I got him to watch the Seattle NYCFC game with me. Um, and both of them, neither one of them are cigar or soccer aficionados, man. Um, uh, you know, they're more kind of football and hockey guys. But both of them picked out one that the ref that the officiating sucks. Um, first, <laughs> Doesn't take a soccer fan to see that. They both specifically mentioned the Premier League is having far better officiating. Right. Um, additionally, um, when I when I took the time to explain to them. MLS's wacky, bullshit, convoluted Bush League salary rules. Um, you know, and I, you know, I just told them what the rules were. Both of them had the response, "Well, that's fucking Bush League, bro." <laughs> well, first of all, they sound and, they sound lovely, um, but yeah, it's, oh, they're, they're they're great guys. They're fantastic. Definitely, definitely don't. <laughs> next time you're trying to turn someone on to, so. Well, basically, don't lead with those things when it comes to MLS, the the roster rules and stuff. Cause, well, well, they thought the play was good. Yeah, you know, they didn't they didn't think that there was just this gigantic leap, until particularly you know when when Martin and Dempsey were doing their you know putting on the clinic thing. Um, you know they they were completely feeling it, but they you know they they both went nuts when Medi Bellucci. Um, took you know took that incredible first touch uh, from the pa- pass from Mullen, and that's the second really nice goal Medi Bellucci had. He's never done that in his career. 
No. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. What a, what an interesting game to watch for somebody who is an MLS novice because on one hand you're watching and you're did like he, did this he ask league, why they were playing like on a ping pong yeah, table? Yeah, you're like this league <laughs> is such a joke. It has to be. Look where they're, they're playing in a baseball stadium with this small field and it's like playing on a sponge and then all of a sudden you see Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins do things that I think even few players on on big time European teams you see link up that well on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, th- like I think uh, despite the field and all that stuff, to be honest with you, I mean, if I had to show a game to uh, an MLS newcomer, that's not really a bad one for them to start out watching. It's definitely entertaining. Well, what, you know what what they were, uh, left me with was they didn't see though they didn't see outside of Martins and Dempsey they didn't see that there were really anybody else on that field that, you know, should have been making, say, one 400000 and the other one 50000 They just didn't see that big a differentiation in players. And one of them said, well, the league's lucky that they got players trained to take that low a salary. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to disagree. Appreciate the call, man. And, uh, Thanks. Have yeah, a good t- one. Take it easy. Uh, let's finish up uh, Thomas Floyd's coronation of TFC, I guess. So uh, TFC, if you remember correctly, I compared them to Sporting Kansas City a couple years ago. Similar situation, really struggling. Won their last couple games of their road trip to end the season. Played a whole bunch of home games. Won the Eastern Conference. Same thing's going to happen with TFC. TFC. <laughs> Congratulations, TFC. Eastern Conference champions, MLS Cup champions, and I think I think we're done. They're there. finally going to break the MLS curse in CCL. We got a Canadian Championship going on right now, so which, which doesn't decide the CCL berth this year. Oh, what is it? Uh, Just highest finishing Canadian it, team. Yeah, it, it's the highest finishing Canadian team from last year, so it's Vancouver. Wait, why did they do that? The Canadian Championship so was scheduled it? in a way that it didn't. It's not going to end in time. So, what's the point of the Canadian Championship now? I, I always thought uh, that. I always thought that was really weird. You know, I think it's. I think. <laughs> I think the new format's probably better because that the Voyagers Cup is what it's called, right? I, I mean, I think, there's only yeah. f- there's only four teams that play in it, and two of them are lower division teams. I mean, I just don't. One of them. One is. of them is yeah. Doesn't Ottawa well, play in it? Yeah. I mean, if you want to consider Montreal a lower division team, <laughs> going to argue. With oh you, yeah, there's but, there's Ottawa. Yeah, yeah I, I guess they're involved. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's, maybe like there's like a, a playing game. Yeah, 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 right. I don't know. Let's 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 quit while we're ahead. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like that <laughs> point was like 15 minutes ago, but okay. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you.